Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network. This is The Breakfast Show. Positively different radio in the morning and you are with Lyle and... Mon, good morning. Morning, Mon, how are you this morning? Yeah, good as gold, how are you? I am fantastic, what are you thankful for? I am thankful because it was my daddy's birthday and uh, I'm glad, grateful to have a daddy who's still alive and he's turned into a cute little old codger with snow white hair and he's like 100 years old. <laughs> I don't know that your dad would appreciate being called 100 years old. But anyway, happy birthday to Reinhardt Galash. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yes. Uh, what are you to, you need to You need to be in contact with your daughter to correct her. Yeah, yeah whatever. <laughs> <laughs> what's, uh, what's on your uh, gratitude list this morning, Lionel? Air shows are the best. Oh, yeah. Went to an air show yesterday. It was so amazing. Tell me about it. There were aeroplanes, <laughs> there were more aeroplanes, there were World War II aeroplanes. Really? Were, yes. There were, were they still flying? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Serious. A whole bunch of them, there was a hurricane. Would there you was ever a, get in There one? was the only hurricane flying. I would get in one so fast, if you gave me the opportunity, you have no idea how, how, how quickly. Would you go up in one? Yes. You get up in like, like a, like a, what is it, it's like two thousand dollars for fifteen minutes to take a spin around the uh, the, the circuit base in a um, in, in, in a in a P fifty one Mustang from the Second World War, uh-huh. and I have seriously thought about spending <laughs> that money. <laughs> there you go. If you need I to get have, Lyle a birthday I have present, seriously thought about. It. I have considered it. Uh, what era is a tiger moth from? Uh, between the wars, so okay. after the First World War. Before the Second World so it's War, older than the Second yeah, World yeah, and they're they're a lot cheaper to fly in. Okay, yeah, yeah. Have you done that? No, I haven't, but I probably should one day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my my passion is the World War Two ones. You know, where you got that massive, great V twelve or a huge radial engine out the front. You know, producing unimaginable kinds of horsepower and this almighty thunderous roar. They, it, it's just nothing like it. Such a man's man. Don't worry, ladies and gentlemen. Well, ladies, we'll be talking about feminine stuff later as well. <laughs> this is not the boys' show. <laughs> well, yeah, some good stories. I did have to. I did get. I did receive a lesson on the difference between the shapes of engines. Yes, we talked about straight uh, engines, V engines, round <laughs> engines, and square engines. Ladies, did you know that engines came in shapes? I didn't know that. I feel like when you open up the bonnet, they're all just one big mumble jumble shape. Like it's like saying the shape of a of a of some sort of an organ in the interior, but they're all just. There's no definite shape. They're all just a mess. Anyway, Anyway, give us a call and share with us what you are grateful for. 1-800-FAITH-FM. We love to hear gratitude stories. Stay tuned. We have a wonderful show coming up for you today. Of course, if you want to jump across the live show, you can do so on the TuneIn app. There you go. You are going to listen to the Downing family now. If that don't want to make don't, don't want to make you want to go. <laughs> go on. We'll go get on. there. We'll it's get there. It's Monday morning. <laughs> Forgive Lyle and enjoy the show. <laughs> John saw a golden city, New Jerusalem come down. Twelve jasper walls and gates of pearl, such splendor all around. And he tells about a river of life that flows beneath the throne, where we'll drink and live eternally in a mansion all our own. Oh, if that don't make you wanna go, brother, if that don't make Wanna go, sister? If that don't make you wanna go to heaven, I don't know what does. 
no heartache there And no more curse of sin No sickness and no cross to bear And death can't enter in No fighting and no battlefields No war, no enemy Where the lamb and lion lay side by side In that land of perfect peace Oh, if that don't make you want to go the Downing family here on Faith FM as we kick off this week. Mon, give us a clue for our quiz and I'll yes. write the answer down be- beside my pictures of engines that I've somebody, been busily, somebody busily sketching Please right here help. so that Mon can be educated between the difference between See, straight, this is, V, round and square. This is the benefits of being someone who listens to the radio is that you don't have to listen to Lyle quack on about engines <laughs> and the song breaks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, we're doing a What City Am I quiz this morning. The first clue is this. King Ahaz offered sacrifices to the gods of this city. Lyle's ooh. reaching for his, for his pen and paper. He's having a thinky-think. King Ahaz offered sacrifices with, nah, that's too obscure. to the gods of this city. It's too obscure. If you can tell me what the answer is, if you can tell me what city that is, give us a call right now, 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. Or you can text us 0491-064-669. And this morning, I will give you not one, but two prizes because Lyle's just written down the wrong answer. He clearly has no idea what the answer is. way too obscure. Give us a call. I'll give you two double prizes until Lyle figures it out and then it's single prizes. There you go. All right. Double prizes coming your way. Give us a call right now. Mon, what have we got for positively different news? First of all, morning? how's your jet lag going? My jet lag's going pretty good. I think I've, I've, yeah. After the first week, you're over jet lag. So I'm officially over jet lag, although I will be still a little bit tired for the this week, just a, a tad. But um, daylight savings kind of helped. I get that extra hour sleep in. and Yeah. I mean, I find it takes about two weeks. Yeah, it's two weeks. 
It was the first week that is the tough week. Yeah, yeah. For those of you who don't know, we just got back from Africa last week uh, from our mission trip in Ethiopia and myself in Kenya. But I've been doing some real stupid stuff. (laughs) We have noticed. (laughs) So, for example, I wanted to buy some soap. I needed soap. So, I go to the supermarket and I pick up the bar of soap and I sniff it. And I'm like, yeah, this is the one I want. But I'm so brained in, instead of sticking it into my shopping trolley, I put it back on the shelf and I walk out the supermarket. So I go home and I get in the shower. I'm like, oh, where's my soap? And I'm like, hang on. I never bought it. <laughs> and then... And then okay, like, mon, 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 mon. Yeah. How are the pistachios? No, shush, shush, shush. <laughs> shush. Let me tell you. So next day I go back to the supermarket and I want to buy some nuts. <laughs> so I go to the health food section and I find a bag of pistachios. I'm like, yeah, these are the pistachios I want. So I put them in my shopping trolley, I thought. And I take them out and I, you know, I get home and then I start looking for my pistachios and I can't find my pistachios. I spent like two days looking for the pistachios. I turned the house up upside down. I ripped my room apart. I searched the car from floor to ceiling looking for these pistachios and then I get suspicious. So I go inside and I find my receipt and sure enough, I never bought any pistachios. So I'm like, I must have put them back on the shelf like I did with the soap. And so fast forward until yesterday and I'm looking for my, my, uh, this, this box of hot drinks that I had, which I also can't find, but I definitely purchased those because I've had them so far. And I'm looking everywhere for my hot drinks and I check under the bed and there's something under the bed and I pull it out and guess what it is? Pistachios. A bag of pistachios. Bag of free pistachios. Bag of pistachios. So cl- Not on your receipt. I'm smelly because I haven't got any soap. I can't <laughs> find my hot drinks, which I know exist. And it seems I've accidentally stolen a bag of pistachios from Woolies. <laughs> <laughs> this, this jet lag is going to get me arrested, Lyle. That's what's going to happen. I'm going to get arrested because I'm so zombie right now. Anyway. Uh, so much fun. So disappointed we're entering week two where it all disappears. <laughs> it is getting Our better. entertainment is over. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, Lyle, I might have a new job soon. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm going to uh, quit radio and go work with NASA. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to become an ass. You're going to go to Mars? No, no, no. <clears throat> I'm just going to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> so NASA is paying... Ger- yeah, I can, see, I can see you doing well at this job. <laughs> NASA is paying German-speaking women, which I qualify as, uh-huh. thousands of dollars to lie in bed for 60 days straight. Oh, mm-hmm. that can't be healthy. It's absolutely not. Um, so I, I personally qualify this because I'm both German and I speak German. Uh, I, I'm female and I can definitely lie in bed. So yeah, uh, a lot. two months to lie in bed is a study commissioned by NASA and the European Space Agency. Mm-hmm. And they're actually doing it as a means of researching how to counteract the negative effects of microgravity, something I didn't know existed, yes. on the bodies of astronauts. Because your so, bone density just vanishes. Yeah, that's exactly right. So weightlessness of, of microgravity reduces physical stress on the human body. And, uh, and astronauts actually show um, they, they experience degenerated bone and muscle mass following their time in space. Mm-hmm. And so scientists are now hoping to simulate uh, cosmic conditions of space through consistent bed rest. And um, so astronauts at the moment, the way they combat this, um, combat the negative effects of weightlessness, is by spending the bulk of their days on the space station exercising. Uh, but if this study proves to be successful, then researchers could develop a less exhausting method of fighting physical generation. I'm a little bit annoyed because I really feel like they could just give me a whole pile of money that they're pouring into this study for me to tell them it's not going to work because I have um, I have suffered from something called postural hypotension which is a result of lying down for too long 
And um, <laughs> Lyle looks shocked. Before you think that I was a lazy bone, what happened was I was doing a course of study um, that I was doing correspondently. And so I was able to study at home. And so what I would do is I would just lie on my bed with my laptop on my, on my tummy and then just do my study lying down uh-huh. instead of sitting up straight at a desk like you would if you were in a classroom. And it actually affected... Um, uh, yeah, my, my blood pressure. Oh, and wow. so what would happen is if I stood up to like, you know, you go get a drink of water or something, um, you know, when you have that graying out, when you sort of like yeah, get yeah. dizzy because you got up too fast, it, mine got so extreme that I would actually lose complete control of my body and, and gray out to the point of blacking out. So I like collapse on the floor. And then even though I was conscious, I was unable to think. I was unable to see and I couldn't, I didn't have any control of my limbs. So I'd be like flopping around on the floor like a fish and then, and I couldn't talk either. And so this slowly, sounds really scary. Yeah, it is. And then slowly, slowly you regain, um, you know, control of various things. I remember one time I had my brother was standing right there and he just freaked out completely. So he sort of picked me up and just hugged me and he kept asking me what was wrong, what was wrong. And I couldn't, I couldn't talk because mm-hmm. I just I didn't have the capacity to speak. And it took me a few minutes before I could start speaking again. And then, as per usual, I just start crying because I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> and um, I cry after I vomit. I cry after I collapse. I cry after everything. Anyway, as... <laughs> we have to get them on to cry on radio again sometimes. Send no, us your favourite no. sad story. No, 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 none of that. Anyway... <laughs> Send us a tearjerker. I'm gonna, I want to tell it here on radio. We're going to get Mon to cry. And so I went to the doctor and, uh, and he d- diagnosed me as postural hypotensive. And he just said, the only thing you have to do is just sit up. And so I started doing my work at my at my desk and sitting up straight and it just went away. And I find now that if I lie down for too long, it actually returns. Mm-hmm. So if I yeah, if I, it's it's a matter of incline. I can So sit have you been having this during your jet lag then because obviously Yeah. Oh, really? I can, I can feel that when I'm standing when I stand up that the I get a little gray out for longer Ooh, periods of time which is not good. That's not good. Yeah, so so napping in this is really not helping my postural hypertension. Uh, but it's actually a matter of incline. Like I can if I can sit I can sit quite well for, you know, spaces of time. But as soon as I recline, like danger zone. So these scientists need to look out. Like having these women come in, uh, I mean, they've done it before. There was one chick here. She's uh, her name is Jenja. Uh, she did <laughs> she did the study back in two thousand and seventeen when they first started researching this kind of thing. And um, so why only Germans? What have they got against Germans? Well, it's conducted in Germany, okay. and they need to communicate because they need to find out how they're going. Um, so it's in Cologne, and uh, so this particular study is coming up in September and December this year. They're looking for non-smoking women between the ages of twenty-four and fifty-five. They're going to be offered sixteen and a half thousand euros, which is pretty good. But you do have to lie in bed non-stop for sixty days, uh, and like n- meals are prepared by a team of nutritionists. Um, all activities, including showering, eating, and going to the bathroom, must be done from the comfort of lying in their bed, which is pretty awkward. This but, is an interesting story. But yeah, so this woman, she, she participated in a similar study, and she said, um, what surprised me the most that after a few days was my body got used to the bed rest. It was much easier than I had imagined. I didn't get bored by the many exciting experiments. On the contrary, time flew by. And also, who can say I participated in a study for NASA? I could never do this. I could yeah, never. This, I, I can't imagine. Why would I do this to my body? I mean, this would have to be so yeah. bad for your health. I oh, mean, obviously, so they're, bad. They're, they're doing this to um, to provide a solution for astronauts. So I'm assuming that they will be, you know, doing something to stop your health from going bad while mm-hmm. you're lying down to see whether it works or not. And hopefully, it does work for all of the participants. But. 
the only thing that really scares me about it is uh, is how bad that could be for your health. Is well, like you could come out of bed. It's like, oh, well, our experiments failed. Sorry, um, you're never going to walk again. Well, my head actually starts to hurt if I st- if I lie in bed for too long every morning. So yeah. Anyway, good reminder to get up, get out of bed. You're not doing a NASA project. This is Wilder Atkins with I Have Decided. Welcome back, guys. That was uh, Wilder Atkins. I have decided here on Faith FM. And uh, yeah, don't know what happened there. But anyway, we are now on air. Okay, so Mon, give us another clue for the quiz. Let's try and figure out what this city is. Okay. What city am I? Clue number two. Sorry, I've got a mouthful of pistachios. If I stole them, I might as well eat them. <laughs> clue number two. Paul baffled the Jews living in this city by proving that Jesus is the Christ. Paul baffled the Jews living in this city by proving that Jesus is the Christ. Lyle still has that wonderful baffled look of his own on his face. 
I'm going to have a stab. This is just like a bit of a stab. Go on. Go on. Stab away. Not you're wrong. You're wrong. Don't even finish writing that word. You're so oh, wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what it is. 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 Well, yeah. Oh, it, he says he knows what it is, but doesn't actually write anything down. Okay, fine. Yeah, you're right. I got it. Well, you kind of misspelt it, but yeah, you got yeah, it. Yeah, whatever, whatever. <laughs> if you would, if you'd like to have like a crack spelling. at the, if you'd like to have a crack at the quiz yourself, give us a call one eight hundred Faith FM one eight hundred three two four eight four three. Give us a call now. I'll give you the prize if you can get it right. All right. So, in other interesting news, Australian farmers have been warned by a New Zealand New Zealand uh, dairy and meat industry report to watch out. They've been put on notice. Uh, because of the rise of vegetarian food, making the uh, uh, dairy and meat pl- placing the dairy and meat industry in New Zealand under threat. Oh, they need to get over it. They need to get over it. What, yes and no. Yes and no. Hundred percent. Yes. Is this not a capitalist but what society? I th- but uh, what I what I see here is something positive for plant based diets. Absolutely. When your meat and dairy industry is actually under threat, that that. Signals a very, very dramatic change in society. Look, do you know what? This has never ever happened before. Rubbish. This kind of stuff happens all the time. No, this has Absolutely. never happened before. Lyle is- Southwell, in a capitalist never. society, businesses fail and close as new businesses crop up and are more successful all the time. It's just a, it's the way it's been. Okay, for, you haven't been around as long as I've been around, but I've got to tell you this: back in the nineteen eighties. Back in the day, you were alive back then. But you don't remember much from the nineteen eighties, um, but I remember to 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 look to the future and say, you know what? One day there's coming a time when the meat industry will be under threat from plant based foods. People would have said you were insane. So what? the meat industry has never been under under threat from plant based foods ever before in the history of the world. Yeah, but I'm saying so. What that is? Yeah, the threat? principle is the principle is there. It's, I think I'm. I'm, I'm do you know what? Do you know what disgusts this me? This is a good thing. Do you know this what is a good thing, me? Why are you Why are you getting no, disgusted over a I'm, good thing? I'm, no, 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 I'm giving what you some positively me different news. Is here. that is that the meat industry and the dairy industry suddenly seems to think that it should be illegal for them to have competition? And it's like, do you know what? You can't like stamp out. Yeah, your capitalist competition because suddenly your money is being threatened. Like, get over yourselves. Yeah, 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 okay. Anyway, um, moving on with that same story, uh, now that Mon's had her rant. I'm done. Where's my pistachios? <laughs> okay, this is a result of vegan food has soared in the last Amen. four years. Um, and all major mo- food manufacturers in New Zealand are now producing plant-based products. This is coming from two different perspectives. One is, of course, that New Zealand is an incredibly obese uh, country. Oh, yeah. Suffers one of the highest levels of obesity mm-hmm. in the world, mm-hmm. uh, in the developed world. And so people are starting to realize that they need to do something about their weight. But, of course, the big driving force is the almighty dollar. Yeah. It's just of a lot, lot cheaper to produce plant-based uh-huh. meat than what it is to produce meat-based meat and that gives you a higher profit margin particularly because they're still selling that stuff cheaper uh, you know? more, more expensive than uh, um, than than actual meat meat so so a little little unknown fact about me one of my favorite things I like to read is actually business and uh, right now any business advisor will tell you that the, the number one like foolproof fail-safe business that you could open or go into is anything to do with plant-based foods 
yeah. anything. Absolutely. It doesn't matter where in the realm of plant-based what it is, going in there in is a, in a, a solid a business financial investment decision, whichever way you want to look at it. Do you like Magnum ice creams? Not really. I don't mind a Magnum, Magnum on, on odd occasions. But they're going vegan? Yeah, everyone's going vegan. Lyle, do, Magnum's do, going vegan. Do you know? Um, you know how we have hungry. Cheaper. You know how we it's have hungry money. jacks in Australia. And it, and it tastes the same. It saves money, and so why wouldn't you? So we have hungry jacks in Australia, right? Mm-hmm. Which in America is called Burger King. Same mm-hmm. thing, right? Mm-hmm. Burger King has just released something that they called the Impossible Burger, and um, Impossible Burger, Impossible Burger, and it's uh, it's just it's they started up their ad campaign, and what they did was they 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 um did like sort of documentary style where they filmed hardcore. Uh, um, burger fans mm-hmm. going to going to Burger King and eating one of these Impossible Burgers, thinking that it was the regular Whopper that they get from Hungry Jacks. So this and is eating um, it. Ron, uh, what was his name? That likes meat. Oh yeah, 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 Ron Swanson. Ron Swanson. That's the <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ron Swanson in there. So they, this, they basically got a bunch of Ron Swansons in, and they ate the burger, and then they filmed their um, they, you know, saying, "Oh yeah, it's great. It just tastes like usual." And they're like, "P.S. The whole thing's plant based." And they're like, "What? No!" <laughs> and they're all like losing their minds. Like this is where plant based meat is gone, and That's it's right. great. Well, this is the this is the thing that they're talking about. The quality of plant based meat yeah. has been absolutely soaring. It's so much cheaper to produce, mm-hmm. and what it's creating is a vicious cycle that's coming back and biting the meat and dairy industry because uh, meat is becoming more expensive, which means that there are less sales of it, which means that the demand goes down, which means that the volume goes down. As soon as the volume goes down, the costs go up, which means that then the plant-based meats are so much more competitive, which pushes the costs of real meat, and it's just creating a... You know- and it's actually spiraling out, spiraling out of control to the point that New Zealand and now they're warning Australia because it's going to hit Australia sooner rather than later that if they don't do something about it, then this is an industry that's going to be under threat. And so New Zealand is looking to export their meat overseas because they can't sell it domestically. And a lot of um, the farms are looking to diversify and and, and start growing crops rather than animals. Uh, Amen. That they can uh, best thing they could possibly do for the environment. Let yep. me just say, it, it, down this in is Tasmania, not- there's a there's a one of the big beef producers in Granville Harbour on the west coast of Tasmania has uh, just diversified into thirty uh, odd um, um, windmills for creating electricity. This is this is not like we've had a constant ever since the world <laughs> began, and we're now suddenly blowing things up. Because really, Lyle, we're just going back a little step in history to when meat was a luxury item that people couldn't afford, and so that most people were living off their land and not eating a huge cow every dinner. Okay, so this is one of the big problems that they're facing in New Zealand right now is that the rising cost of meat is hitting low-income earners the hardest because they are historically the slowest to adopt um, new things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, uh, Low-income earners tend to be slow at adopting any new thing, food being one of them, and plant-based food being part of the trendy market then it's a little bit like smoking an alcohol that, you know, and now it's smoking alcohol drink, uh, sugary drinks and meat that is just smashing people who don't have the money for it. And we know what the solution is, education. We need to educate. Absolutely. Educate right here, right now. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and I was going to talk about a couple of other stories here this morning, but I got, I got, I got, I got got Mon started. Okay. So this one is an interesting one. This is a report coming out from uh, the University of Newcastle right here locally. And that is that obese people underreport what they eat. So I got all these health stories last week and this week. They just keep coming out one after the other, but health stories are good. 
And so a team of researchers have said that it's very difficult to assess uh, what changes need to be made because when a person goes to a dietitian or something like that, you know, a health professional, they will always underreport what they actually eat. Um, and, you know, the, the, you get a lot of obese people who say, yeah, I eat healthy. Yeah, this and, is and very I common. Well and I don't eat junk food. This is why they have diet, um, diet uh, diaries because people don't realize how much they eat. And often, like nutritionists and dietitians will, will tell people to write down everything they eat. And it's yep. only when they look at it at the end of the week where they're staggered at how much they've eaten. Yeah, the amount, of, the amount that they've eaten and also the quality of what they've eaten. Mm-hmm. And what the other thing that staggers them is when the, the, uh, the, the, the dietitian or the health professional actually tells them that, well, this is actually unhealthy food. And they never realized that it was unhealthy food that they were eating in the past. And I don't know whether you've had, ever had this experience amongst your friends or not. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I know a lot of my friends who, like, they are obese or overweight and you sort of wonder why because you watch what they eat. And it's only later when you realize they're doing, like, secret eating. So, like, you you know, on the way home, they'll have a whole meal before they get home and have a meal. And then, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of that going on. Okay. And it's ma- having a major impact on, uh, on our nation's health and, um, you know, confectionery, sugary drinks, you know, in petrol stations, supermarkets. This is one of the things that they're going to be looking at changing. Anyway, this is Matt Minicus with Clint McCoy, Chief of Sinners. Of sinners, though I need Jesus shed his blood for me and died that I might live on high and live that I might never die as the branches to the vine. I am His and He's Spirit and thy word 
When my wayward heart would stray Keep me in the narrow way Grace in time of need supply While I live and when I die Welcome back everybody, you're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 And joining us in the studio this morning is none other than Kent Kingston Kent, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Lyle. It's great to be here, right here in the studio. It's always this so much fun time. when you actually... No, it's not. In the studio. Yeah, I, I, well, I, I, you, I only came because Monica's back because... Yeah, you know, yeah. I yeah, love okay. it when he comes to, to the studio. We, we've had him on the phone a couple of times. We have. Yeah, he's yeah. a regular on the phone. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. But, I mean, but he's hosted the show with me before when you've been away. Oh, of course, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah, it's great. He's a regular. What am I saying? It's, no, it's, it's fantastic to be here. I, I braved the... Um, well, I looked at the rain radar this morning and I saw a band of cloud approaching Newcastle, but I thought, no, you know what? I can get on my motorbike and I can make it here before the rain hits. And so far, well, actually the rain hit hasn't hit yet so that's good i did have a bit it of a might sprinkle. not be good it might mean that it'll hit on your way home well that's yeah. true <laughs> <laughs> i think i need to find some other people i need to talk to while i'm here if, if it starts raining yeah but there's some pretty bright sunshine picking out from behind those clouds so i reckon you might have a nice ride home actually i certainly yeah. hope so yeah. I think it'd be a nice the other day, the other day mon was uh i have to mon was observing that uh humidity was uh, set for 99% and asking what happens when it hits 100%. And I'm like, um, <laughs> it rains. Look, I, I had jet lag and I, 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 like, seriously, my jet lag is making me so stupid. I said to him, Lyle, when the humidity hits 100%, does the air turn solid? Yeah, well, you'd think so. <laughs> if the air is 100% water, it should be solid water, shouldn't it? Thank you. Thank you, Kent Kingston. I, See, I Lyle, it's you logical. need to come in more often <laughs> and prove how not dumb I am. saturation, and saturated as it can get. Uh, look, I don't know. I'm not a meteorologist. I'm an editor of a magazine called Signs of the Times. Which yes. is why you're here. How's that for a segue? Did you yes, like that? Yes, I was beautiful. It was gorgeous. Do it again. <laughs> let's, let's, Do it again. Let's, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about Signs okay. of the Times magazine and the latest edition that has... Uh, come out? Yes, Science of the Times comes out every month of the year, except for January, because we have a holiday. So this month is April, and the new edition is out. Ooh, look at that. I'm loving it. Ooh. I'm loving it. I'm it's so waiting excited. on the front. I'm, I'm, I'm showing it to the microphone, so, yeah, look, so look at that all, microphone. all our listeners can see how good, the, <laughs> how good it looks. <laughs> yeah, so it's I'm, got a wedding picture on the front, a really wedding, beautiful wedding picture. It does have a wedding picture I'm super excited about it. Because is that one of your staff members? In the <laughs> it's wedding? one of my, my erstwhile colleagues. She's currently away... On uh, maternity leave. Oh, okay. But this this is a picture of her. Uh, well, her elopement. And I'm she so, eloped. I am. Eloped. I just want to cut in right here, guys. I am so excited about this because I am, first of all, very opinionated about elopement and and weddings. And but more, even more so, I'm so excited about this because this this particular person we're talking about on the front cover. Um, I advised her for many years that she should just elope, just forget it and elope, and she went and did it, and now she's on the cover of a magazine. That's right. And That's what happens when you take Mon's advice. So, so my question, Monica, yes. is um, did you come back to Africa with an eloped husband in tow? 
<laughs> this is the first time I've seen you since you got back. So, Ken, let me tell you, I didn't, but I sure could have. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Several times over. Really? They all just want to get married and get out wow. of there. Yeah, yeah. It's a little bit sad. So, so there was lots of Monica, please marry me. Yeah, yeah. Monica, you are so beautiful. Nakopendasana. That means I love you very much. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, so you learnt that phrase. Yeah, yeah. I heard it a lot. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, it, I have to tell you, Ken, and I know we've told the listeners this a couple of times already, but um, Monica's uh, value the longer she stayed there, kept going up. Oh. And so, uh, you know, I think it started off at 10 cows. It got to 12, which was, you know, really quite spectacular. That's, wow. But then there was this Maasai prince that came along. He's like, you know what? I'm just going to outbid them all. 50 cows and 10 acres. Wow. Monica, yeah. hot is, uh, <laughs> And I'm not going to lie. He was pretty handsome. Yeah. But the thing was, I was he was already married, so I was going to be the second wife. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure I could elope being the second wife. <laughs> Because he, he already has a wife and kid at home that he needs to stick around the village for. Not quite the yeah, same. Yes, yeah. okay. Yeah, well. and also I'd have to build my own house out of cow dung. So I'm not huge on. Like legit, the women build the houses and it takes That's them 30 cool. days and I'd they make it out of, cow house dung. out of cow dung. I think that'd be awesome. The windows are very small. I wasn't very impressed. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Anyway, we're talking about <laughs> yeah, signs of the segue times. back. Maybe. You can talk about you anytime. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's Monica. segue back to this. But yeah, tell me about but, this elopement but, thing. But yeah, apparently, look, I asked uh, Melody Tan, who's yes. the editor of of Mums at the Table magazine and mm-hmm. also my colleague, like because it's our sister magazine, I said to her, so, you know, with our colleague eloping, with a number of other people I know eloping, I'm starting to think it might be a bit of a trend, a, a, a bit of a thing. Could you, like, check that out and write an article for us? So that's exactly what Melody did. Um, you know, is elopement a thing, basically, is what was her topic. And it seems, well, look, she wasn't, because the... You know, the births, deaths and marriages people don't keep specific statistics of how people's weddings, you know, happened mm-hmm, or how mm-hmm. that. So it's hard to know if it's a trend. But there do seem to be indications that I guess with this whole, you know, minimalism, you know, yes. Marie Kondo, you oh, know, let's her. get things simple and uh-huh. does it spark joy, um, all, all this sort of bizzo. Um, yeah, it does seem to be a thing that Melody mentions a. Um, an organization, a business called the Elopement Collective. Ooh. Um, and apparently, like, they were a sort of a wedding, you know, organizing business before. Once they changed their name to the Elopement Collective, they saw an incredible number of um, of bookings pour yeah. in. So, Look. there seems to be some indication, yeah, that people are, they're after the simplicity of, of an elopement rather than a wedding. I feel it's more of a mini wedding. Yeah. That, well, this is elopement. this is what I've observed, yeah. right? Elopement used to mean you've run away. It's quite illicit. Your parents are opposed. Someone's pregnant. Something like something was kind of almost wrong. Exactly. Right. But now I've observed elopement is actually a way of getting away with having a small wedding. Like when you mm-hmm. say to someone, "I'm getting married," but sorry, you're not invited. People get offended yep. because if you just, you just were saying, "I'm having a small wedding," they're like, "Oh, so I'm not good enough to be one of the ones." make the cut to your small wedding yeah but if you say to the, if they say to you why wasn't i invited and you say i eloped they're mm-hmm. like oh okay fair enough and they yep. suddenly understand that you know it was something different and so it's a way of getting away with having a small wedding and i'm all for it because i think people should not be going into debt spending huge amounts of money money just definitely one part day of it. Yeah. Uh, you've, yeah. you've, uh, you have clearly put altogether too much thought into this mon no i really have you because <laughs> no because you know i'm i'm in my in my 30s i have a lot of single friends who are in the marriaging time now a lot of people are getting married i've heard so many of my friends go through this agony including the girl on the front cover like you know her story 
she had like over 500 people who were supposed to be coming to a wedding if she were to have a wedding because wedding. Because of the culture. Yeah, Both her and her husband have big families. Yeah. So. And so I kept saying, yeah. dude, forget it. Just elope. Yeah. And that's, that's, she said to her husband, it's either everyone or it's no one. Yeah. This, this was her ultimatum. Yeah. You don't want, and you don't want to start your married life. Yeah. having just gone into massive amounts of yeah. debt. But yeah. she and other people have actually said, you know what, we, we did elope. There was a bit of a shock. There was a bit of a backlash. Um, mm. You know, there are people who are suddenly looking at, you know, these wedding photos. Oh, you got, you, what? You, you got married? <laughs> and we went in. I'm not sure that I'd heard about and, this. And, and when those people are like your parents, for example, uh-huh. um, whoa. Yeah. yeah. Well, you need that, to be very clear. There can be a, a bit of backlash. Yeah. There can be a bit of pain. But generally, I think um, families and friends tend to understand in, in the end. You know, yeah. they're, okay, yeah, I, I get where you're coming from. And I think communication is key. If you just say to them, look, we eloped. Very we much. didn't have a wedding. We eloped. They'll yep. be like, oh, okay. Yeah. So, okay, so I'm going to jump here in this time uh, because I didn't elope, but I did have a wedding that had an $1,100 US budget. <laughs> Yuck, yikes. Um, yeah. So, you know, it it's was... It's like 50000 um, now, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's right. For mm-hmm. an average wedding. Oh, I would never. Yeah. And, and that and that's just you know ridiculous. And so I'm not quite sure how you, what what you'd class that as. But I do conduct a number of weddings, mm-hmm. and uh, you know whenever you're doing a wedding, you always kind of in your brain you give it a bit of a rating on on, on, on how much fun it was and, mm-hmm. and how awesome it was. And some weddings are great and some are less great. All weddings are fantastic, um, but some are just more than others. Yeah. And one of my all time favourites was a wedding that took place on the beach. Mm-hmm. Um, there was the couple, there was maybe 12 people present at the most, I would think. In fact, no, because we drove down onto the beach and there was three carloads. So what's that? Three, five but, people to a car. So is it 15? Oh, it's 25. Five, five, did you say five cars yeah, or three cars? Three cars. Yeah, 15 people max. 15 people max. Wow. You know, and, and, and the groom, he's just, he's, he's barefoot, he's in his suit, he's playing his guitar, his, uh, his, his wife-to-be in the next you know, few minutes or so is, is walking across the sand while he's just sort of playing the guitar there. Mm-hmm. The waves are, are, are gently lapping on the shore, beautiful sunny day. It was just an awesome wedding. One of my all-time, you know, we're signing the register on the bonnet of the four-wheel drive kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, and contrast that with another, another couple that we know that got married and had like a big spectacular- The $50,000 wedding. Yeah, you know, helicopters and dress changes and all kinds of stuff. Wow. And 10 years later, they were still paying it off. Whoa. Like, you know, like this is a re- like. If I ever get married, I well, want not that, that one, but I another one that I went to that was probably a similar budget, where you could see that the entire time the couple were stressing about whether they were having enough fun yeah. to justify the amount of money they spent. Yeah. Yeah, well, this is why sad, if I ever get married, I want to elope um, because I don't want to spend that kind of money on just one day. I want to spend that kind of money on my honeymoon. Okay, but I want to come back to Science Magazine. We keep getting distracted <laughs> yeah, from so Science Magazine. This is what, what, what's the conclusion? Is. What's the conclusion? What does Melody come up with? Well, I think the conclusion is you have to get, I think get you a copy to, of science. I think you need to read the article, yeah. um, and it is online. If you go okay. to scienceofthetimes.org.au, yep. you can you can read the whole article there and explore it. And look, I, I, and ha- I, I saw I it think, has a bunch of case I think basically um, the conclusion studies. that she explained, you know, why do people elope, and she gives some sense to it. She also explores, you know, the importance of marriage and, um, yeah, that sort of thing. But there are other articles... Oh yeah, too. what else is yes, happening? Yes, yes. <laughs> not, not, not just What elopement. else is there? There are some great articles. Um, managed to um, get an article from a guy in the US called Scott Sabine. Um, he comes from an evangelical Christian background. And of course, a lot of, a lot of Christian groups are into, you know, poverty alleviation and this sort of stuff in developing countries. So he started doing this um, in Haiti in particular. 
and discovered while he was there that, you know, all these people who live in these shanty towns um, in, in Haiti have actually come from the countryside. And why have they run away from the countryside? It's because the land there has become increasingly degraded. The, oh. the creeks and the streams have dried up. There's, you know, because there's been so much deforestation, you know, cutting down trees for, to sell for firewood and, and this sort of stuff. The land had just been completely devastated. Um, So his concern for poverty led him into the direction of beginning to rehabilitate the land. So basically basically the urbanisation of developing countries is being driven by land degradation. That's the conclusion that we're coming to here? Well, I I think... Or a contributing factor. Yeah, I'm sure it is a a contributing factor. He he doesn't um, use that as a principle to explain, you know, the the worldwide phenomenon of of urbanisation. I think there's probably more to it than that. Mm. But what he does say is that whereas originally he he was simply there out of concern for the poor, gradually over time he began to realise how important the environment is. I mean, here's someone from an evangelical Christian background, and, you know, evangelicals aren't known for their green credentials. You know, let, let's face it, quite the opposite sometimes. But he, over time, basically came to realise, you know what? The Bible says the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Mm. Um, you know, Adam and Eve were put in the Garden of Eden at the very beginning, right there in the first couple of chapters of Genesis, to care for the garden, to look after it. You know, there's humans have a stewardship role. And when uh, his organization started helping these people by helping them rehabilitate their land, helping them use more sustainable practices, grow a wider variety of crops, plant trees, you know, all this stuff began to build up the soil, began to um, stop erosion, and people were actually able to stay on their land and to even prosper there and to do really well and have such incredible pride in what they're doing there. So there's, a, I think, a really powerful story um, there's an environmental message there, but there's also, I think, a theology of the environment mm-hmm. that's sort of built into what he's saying and the, and the way he's lived out his life. And yeah, I found that quite inspirational and, and quite challenging. You know, in these times where you know a lot of people say the biggest issue facing us right now, even people using words, phrases like existential crisis, you know, is climate change. Um, and the, you know, the environmental devastation that we see around us, the people living on islands with, you know, sea level rises, and they're actually planning to, you know, what are we going to do when we're finally overwhelmed by water? Where are we going to move to? You know, the phrase climate refugees is likely to be, you know, enter the vocabulary more and more over the, the next couple of decades. So, yeah, I find that really powerful. And yeah, if we'd practice Christian stewardship from the start i don't think we ever would have been in this position now that's right Mm -hmm. yeah all those principles are right there in the bible yeah and if you read uh, i think it's uh deuteronomy in particular and exodus these sort of uh the jubilee practices there of letting Mm. the land rest one every one year out of every seven um you know things like this um rather than you know adding field to field and like taking over the land of your neighbor and the land of their neighbor and building these big empires you know the yeah, the picture that we get of the community God wanted his people to live in. Yes, it was rural, um, but it was contained and it was equitable. And, um, you know, there was a, a, there were clear limitations on debt and slavery and, you know, all these other things. The, the whole Jubilee economy, I just think, is fascinating. And there's yeah, an I environmental message economy. built into it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Fantastic. What else have we got happening in uh, Science Magazine? What else? What else? Okay. Uh, look, we, we have a... We have a real fun article called How to Fight on Facebook. 
And win. And win? And win. Man, this is going to be I'm gonna, a cool I'm going to have to read this one. <laughs> I am going to have to read this one. You, know, you all know I'm going to have to read so, this one. Like, like, I've been holding out. I've never gotten Facebook right. Yep. And the longer I hold out, the, the more happy I am the, that the I The more vindicated you yeah, feel. Yeah, because I feel like right now, Facebook is just a site for drama. Just drama, 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 drama. Yeah, it's, it's a bit of that. People yeah. do um, get out of sorts, and it's it is the the best and the worst of humanity is displayed there sometimes. But uh, what the author, who is Vani Achu, who's a former hey. colleague of ours, yes. Monica, who yes. joined us in Ethiopia. Oh, yes. that's right. She was in also Ethiopia one of my too. best friends. Well, yes. my best friend, along with Shell. There Shell you Vani. go. Yeah, I made my matron. So yeah, basically, she's saying, you know, hey, we need to relate to each other a bit more positively. Um, it's possible, she says to cross some of those ethnic and religious and political lines um, you know where we find ourselves on opposite sides of a debate with with other people um, yeah so she gives some really good practical pointers to connecting with people and not turning every social media encounter into a battle royale mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. so that, I, I think that's fantastic um, and it's really important because you know those battlegrounds that form on Facebook you know when you read through the comments you think okay so you know, this person is making a point and they're defending their point and they're and and having a a battle here, but the simple reality is the person who's defending that point is copying, you know, emotional flack, um, and it is hard on the soul every Mm. single time they get those negative comments coming through. That's right. And that can contribute to, you know, depression, mental illness. um, We've even seen suicide. suicide, Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Which is absolutely appalling. Mm. Yeah, I think think they need to start teaching kids social media, media etiquette. Mm-hmm. Because you do feel a disconnect. Like you have these keyboard warriors, they feel so powerful <laughs> because they're not looking into the face of the person they're That's saying stuff right. to. Yeah. It's just a screen, there's a disconnect, they feel in, in, emboldened and yep. they start saying horrible things. Yeah, Vania points to some research that says even if you're on a, a webcam looking at someone's face, you're mm. unlikely to say things that are, are as nasty. I can mm. imagine. So that's really, really, really interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Now, I guess on this theme of, you know, human connection and learning to connect, um, you know, to get along with people. We have a great article um, called Eating Together. And I guess this is, you know, coming into the Easter season, um, the article does talk about the Lord's Supper, you know, the bread and the wine and what that means and why Jesus introduced that. But the author, um, he's a pastor from Melbourne, um, Justin Bone. Shout out to you, Justin. Thanks, man, for writing it for us. Um, He... He talks about how when we sit around a table and share food together, how powerful that is. How powerful that is in terms of building relationships, making memories, um, also expressing and communicating acceptance towards one another. And uh, and he talks about you know, his travels in the Middle East, for example, where you know some uh, a Bedouin in a tent says, "Hey, you know, come over." I mean, he doesn't say it in English; he says it in Arabic. But but that's the thing, you know, when you eat together, even though you can't speak the same language, there is a human connection that's yeah. built. There's a message of acceptance that food is, is conveyed. Food is an international language. Yeah, Absol- absolutely, yep. absolutely. And the Lord's Supper, he, he builds the Lord's Supper on this foundation of saying, you know, this is the message that Jesus is trying to get to us. You know, he's trying to connect with us. He's trying to say I want you to share in what I have for you through the through the bread and the wine which is a symbol of his his body and blood and yeah it's it's a really powerful article because of course in in science magazine yes we do want to look at social issues we do want to look at current issues um, we look at cultural you know sort of you know phenomena like elopement and that sort of stuff but we do want to get into the faith stuff and the biblical stuff and help people who are open to exploring that to actually you know get their teeth into stuff and and learn a bit more than 
than perhaps they did before. Isn't it funny that the best way to connect is not some new fangdangled Facebook or Twitter or, you know, Instagram. It's still old-fashioned, right from the start, yep. eat some food together. Eat some food together, some yeah. Food together. And if you read the New Testament, I mean, the book of Acts in particular, you see the power of mm. eating together. Oh, mm. and, and the Gospels, really. Um, this is why the gift of hospitality is so important. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And why it's counted as a gift. That's, well, yeah, and, and in New Testament times, of course, I mean, the, the Jewish people in particular saw that um, – you know, people who weren't like them, who were from other religions, were ritually unclean. You couldn't eat with them. Yeah. But in the book of Acts, we start to see Jews eating together with Gentiles, the, the Christians from both sides, and it was an incredible message of acceptance. And yeah. the Acts model of evangelism, you know, they, they prayed together, they ate together, and they and they taught the Bible together. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's fantastic. All right, Clint, how do we get a copy of this magazine? Well, you need to jump online to signsofthetimes.org.au. It's really easy to subscribe. It's just 26 bucks for a whole year, so it's 11 That's issues. so over cheap. Here. So cheap. I know. So you can jump online, read some of the articles there as well. Um, yeah, we'd, we'd love that. Hey, and listen out on Faith FM for the Signs of the Times radio podcast. Justin Bones talking about his Eating Together article, um, yeah, on Faith FM. Fantastic. That was uh, Kent Kingston from Signs of the Times magazine. And make sure you sign up and get your copy, signsofthetimes.org.au. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Forgiveness. It's easier said than done. But now there's a new approach to help us be more forgiving, a program called Forgive to Live. It's designed to help us all improve our lives. You'll discover the healing power of forgiveness, a relationship breakdown, long-term hurt, unresolved conflict. Through Forgive to Live, you can break this cycle and start living a more forgiving life. So if you're keen to take that first step, head to forgivetolive.org.au. Hey, are you part of camping caravanning scene? Join Australia's largest annual national gathering of travellers and caravanners at the Stewart's Point Convention Centre this year, Stewart's Point, New South Wales. It's an amazing campground among the trees. Inspirational Christian speakers. With incredible music. And beautiful beaches. And a relaxing environment. Be part of the community and make friends for life. May 10 through 18, Stewart's Point Caravan and Convention Centre. Contact Debbie on 024994 or simply email raynomads at adventist.org.au. 